Hey everyone, welcome to episode 7 of the Antler Up podcast. I'm Jeremy Dinsmore and I have Greg Farrell from First Light on this week's show. Greg is an avid bow hunter from Wisconsin and is the Whitetail product line manager with First Light. In this episode, Greg and I discuss the importance of great layering system for the Whitetail Woods, First Light gear, and the passion he has for hunting. I really enjoyed talking hunting and gear with him, and we look forward to having him on again in the future to talk more about his strategy to hunting, his gear setup, and more. But before we get into this episode this this week, I just want to say thanks again for all of you for listening. We really uh, greatly appreciate the support, and if you would do so, uh, please go on and subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you use to listen on to the show. And also a huge, huge, huge thank you to those that have been purchasing our hats. Uh, They're awesome. They're brand new uh, custom leather patch hats made from Shea Butler knives. Go check them out on our website at antlerupoutdoors.com. Check out SheaButlerKnives.com for his products that what he offers and um, you know, before we get into the show, we got to thank some of our partners. And right now, let's thank uh, America's Best Bowstrings. I just got the news; my bow's in, so we're going to go record next. I believe the 25th uh, of the video for you guys of the, of the bow build with the VXR with my custom America's Best Bowstrings, and I'm so excited to get those on there. Uh, you know, unbelievable technology with the equalized strand technology. So no peep rotation. Uh, you know, the strands are, are 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 perfect with constant tension. So go check out AmericasBestBowstrings.com, and let's also thank our partners over at BigSkyRent.com. Uh, you know, Jay and Bob were on here a couple weeks ago. We talked about what they have to offer: some premium hunting, fishing, and camping gear. So go check them out. Go for your next trip instead of spending thousands of dollars on all the brand new equipment just go ahead and rent what you need for the duration that you need and last but not least you know this past week on instagram i've been going on with some some gear talk and last week we talked about first light gear so let's switch gears a little bit and uh, no pun intended there and talk about some broadheads so the past two seasons uh, i shot the 2.1 sever broadheads and uh, this past season, Dimitri had his first go- crack at them, and man, they are such an incredible head, and we really can't express how devastating they really are. So our, between the two of us, we took three deer with the broadheads, and we know a few of our friends that have taken some more, and man, they had the same amazing success with them that we have. They fly amazing with pinpoint accuracy, they're durable, and they cut unlike anything out there. So uh, if you wanna, have a, a faith in your in your gear for next season check out severbroadheads.com uh, and see what they have to offer so and be on the lookout too for next week we might have some special offer regarding with them so we'll see what we got going on uh, so again guys we're going to get right into the show uh, thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed today's show with greg until next time antler up All right, everybody. So we are live and back for another episode of the Antler Up podcast. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Greg Farrell from First Light. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. So I, I just, you know, I'm really excited because in the past couple of episodes, I think everybody's been listening and, and have, have heard how I'm a gear junkie. Um, so this is a, a true honor to have, you know, one and only uh, individual with, with a great company from First Light on to talk about gear. So thank you. We really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited to be on. And as you know from our previous interactions that the show is uh i could sit and talk gear all day so that's an easy get on my end awesome man well you know before we get into talking about first light and the gear you know let's give a little bit of background about yourself and uh, you know uh, how you got into hunting where you grew up and all that type of stuff yeah definitely so i um grew up in the midwest uh born in wisconsin um spent the majority of my life in the state of wisconsin that's really how i kind of cut my teeth on hunting, grew up in an outdoor family. So for us being in the Midwest, it was largely turkeys, deer, a um, little bit of waterfowl and upland and some small game. But for me, very early on, uh, I realized that deer was my passion um, and specifically hunting deer um, during the archery season. So that's really what I spent the majority of my uh, childhood and young adult life doing uh, once I got into college, I started to expand into the Western scene as well. So getting out West every year, chasing mule deer and elk, 
Um, and really I was kind of coming back to whitetail deer being my passion. So, um, in terms of my hunting background, really that's kind of how it started and then also evolved and how that led me to first light was as I kind of honestly, as I got more into the Western hunts and then also as I started to evolve my gear that I used and my system that I used for whitetail, uh, that's really how I found first light. Um, and honestly, I, I was just a customer. Um, I loved their brand. I loved the stuff that they were making and what they had to offer. And, um, I saw, man, it had to be about five years ago. Now they had posted a sales and marketing job, essentially, um, kind of a entry level sales and marketing job on their website. And it was basically a kind of an interim summer position, a three month position, which how they were using that is help them out during the busy season. And also it was basically an interview. Um, at the time I was teaching high school science and thought, Hey, I'm underqualified, but over ambitious <laughs> and love the company and really wanted to be a part of what they were doing. So applied for that role, ended up getting the job um, on that, that sales and marketing job did that for about nine months with them. And then being kind of the gear nerd, I am, um, eventually worked my way into the product department. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, I have been there for in the product department for a little over three years. And then most recently took over our whitetail line. So I guess my technical job title now is I'm our whitetail product line manager. So really falls in line for me with where I started with hunting and where my passions lie. Like I said, being whitetail deer. So getting the chance to kind of manage and evolve that whitetail line specifically is a pretty awesome gig. Yeah, that's awesome how like things could align like that. And I think too, like a few years ago when if someone would think about, you know, getting that great quality gear uh, uh, to go hunting and would see first light, I think their first initial thought would necessarily would, would be Western style. And I would say the last two years that has really changed. And, you know, for me this past year, I wore solely everything from head to toe, uh, boxer briefs and everything was first light when I went into the field. And I, you know, we'll get into that later, but I mean, I, I'm just, you know, so excited to one own all that equipment, but then two, like see what you guys are going to be doing in the next years to come with it. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, you know, and, and to that end, the interesting thing about, first light and I shouldn't say interesting, but really our, our design ethos and our product development ethos has always been to make gear that is very versatile and that works in a variety of environments for a variety of hunts and a variety of conditions, etc. So even early on, I mean, we started, obviously we're based in Idaho. We started as a Western based company, but what I found um, before the whitetail line even existed with first light was that because of the materials um, that we use and the way the gear is designed, there was a, already a ton of crossover. Right. And as you mentioned, you know, now, I shouldn't say now, you know, within the last three-ish years, um, four years, you know, some of that stuff's come to market in the last two. We've really now had the bandwidth and committed to putting both the focus, um, the R&D, and the product development into expanding and truly specializing our whitetail line. And that's a lot of what you're seeing come to market now, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. And, and one thing too, that I really love about first light, and I think it helps not only for, I mean, it's just, it's just proof in the pudding is that, you know, a lot of great brands out there now are being designed by individuals that use it. Like I, I just think of tether for an, for a, for an example, like they're built by saddle hunters for saddle hunters. Mm -hmm. So like, so that's, that's perfect. And then when you look at now first light, everybody in that office is a hunter and goes out in the field. And now, like you said, like yourself has it, it, being in the whitetail side of things, that's your bread and butter, man. That's, you're going to be able to say like, you know what I, and you're from Wisconsin. So, you know, when it's really, really cold and what we, as, as hunters, whether you're in a saddle or whether you're in a stand, what exactly you need. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I don't, I can't say enough good things about first Light as a company and their commitment to exactly that. Um, making sure that everybody in the office, whether it's, you know, somebody in the marketing department, whether it's somebody in customer service, whether it's, you know, myself who's actually, you know, designing and implementing product to be able to get days in the field and 
really just be very, very involved in not only using the gear, but testing it and understanding it so much so that, you know, when I took over the whitetail line, one of my big things was if I'm going to be bringing, if I'm going to be bringing product to market that is really expanding the category, um, not making me two products, but really pushing the boundaries on what's available. Um, I need to be in the heart of things and I need to get 70 days a year in a tree stand. Um, and I need to really have, continue to have that escalated whitetail experience. Um, and as a company, they totally agreed. Um, so much so that I'm actually based back in Wisconsin now in the Midwest for that exact reason to really live in the heart of the country and the space that I'm designing gear for, which is really pretty, a pretty cool commitment on their part. Oh, 100%. And, and Hey, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, right. That's awesome. Well, you know, then let's talk about then like your past season. Uh, you know, wh- how, how did that go for you? And, uh, you know, what gear did you wear and how did, how did that uh, work out for you? Yeah, for sure. So, um, the past season was kind of interesting for me. Um, I had, I had, kind of made a commitment to myself and I'm by no means like like, this is let me take a step back in terms of I guess all animals I'm not a huge score guy Um, I typically don't score my animals Um, I love to put meat in the freezer obviously I like to chase you know old mature animals but I kind of made a commitment to myself this year um, to be slightly more picky than I've ever been before. Um, and I just wanted to give myself a full season to do that. So this actually, this last year was the first year in probably 15 years or so that I haven't punched my buck tag, um, with my archery equipment. But that being said, it was also a year that I had some of the coolest interactions and experiences because I was able to hunt as much as I was because I still had that tag in my pocket. Um, definitely filled the freezer, um, put some couple of does in the freezer as well as some Western game. But in terms of, uh, the old archery whitetail tag, unfortunately that one's still, still in my pocket, uh, even though the season's over. Right. Well, no, that, and Hey, I know we're, this main episode is going to be mainly about talking about first light gear and, and like how important it is to have that quality of gear yeah. out in the field. But I would love to sit even down another day and just talk about your whole setup of what you shoot and, uh, your practice For and sure. all that stuff. That would be fun. But no, yeah. and that's, and that's, you know, something too, that you talk about is now that's big in, in the, in the industry is basically where a lot of people are going and and being very honest with everybody saying like shoot shoot what you want like hunt your hunt and that's very what i think is going to help grow this this hunting industry going to help you know whatever you want to call it sport or activity just whatever it is um you know i think that's something that's going to be huge because you know i've heard mark kenyon say it i've heard taylor chamberlain say it it's just hunt your hunt and uh you know good for you to get out there and and you know like you said put some meat in the freezer that's 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 really awesome yeah, I kind of joke with my buddies um, who I spend a lot of time hunting with that I we have a ten point rule. If if you get ten points of excitement, then you should definitely pull the trigger. It has nothing to do with actual uh, <laughs> antlers or time yeah. length or score or whatever. So, um, but yeah, it was it was a good year that year in terms of. Um, I don't know. Did you want me to dive into kind yeah. of my gear? Yeah, setup for this year yeah. or what I was using. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the great thing about our what first I had to offer in terms of on the whitetail gear side of things um, is that really our entire line is built off of a layering system, meaning that pieces are meant to be used um, both individually, but also they're designed with the technology of the textiles, but also the cut, the fit, the features to be worn together too. So um, in terms of like my early season gear, what you'll actually notice is a lot of that then becomes part of my layering system for late season um, or mid season or what have you. So um, I can kind of break it down, I guess, by like bread and butter, what I use in each of those seasons. Obviously, there's some variability there and some details. We'll try and keep it high level. But for me, early season, um, so in the Midwest in Wisconsin, we open September 15th. So really from middle of September until middle of October, my go-to is going to be our obsidian pants um, on the bottom, which is a merino wool with a nylon ripstop pant. And the great thing about that pant is because it's merino wool, 
Um, it's dead quiet, so you never have to worry about any noise. Um, and wool is a natural, um, as a fiber, it naturally resists odor. So the bacteria causing odor that, you know, we, especially as whitetail guys, try and avoid having on any of our clothing um, won't grow on that material. So it's quiet and it's odor resistant, which is a huge thing for me uh, when I'm sitting in the whitetail stand. So that's typically my bottom um, for early season. And then up top, I always wear 150 weight. So that's our wick weight uh, merino wool next to skin. Okay. One of my favorite pieces is that hoodie that we make. It's a um, 150 weight wick hoodie. So early season, that'll be basically my base layer. But you know, in September, it can be 70 degrees yet. So that might be the only thing I'm wearing. Um, and then as it gets colder, I'll layer additional pieces on top of that. So my next piece would be probably jumping into like our kiln weight, which is a 250 weight. I would run a, one of those pieces on top or even jump into like our Klamath, which is our grid fleece hoodie. So those couple of pieces will get me through basically, you know, first of the season, so middle of September until kind of the middle to end of October. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, I mean, every piece that you said, the only, uh, I know like for myself this past year, I had the, uh, obsidian pants as well. And man, durability is, is a big plus too in those. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I wore them scouting. I wore them, you know, during, during the hunting season, the early season, mid season, and even actually like in the later season when during rifle, like I already had my, my buck tag punched. So, you know, we would walk around and help out other people. And I didn't, I either wore those or I wore my catalyst pants and I was just, yep. you know, I, I threw on, uh, the kiln, um, base layer and I was good to go. So, yeah. Um, and one piece too, that I found one of my favorite is for the base layer was the furnace I had on the, um, uh, the, just a long sleeve, uh, Henley one, man, I love, yep. love that piece. That was really, really awesome. I mean, that next to skin, I was, I, I couldn't be more warm. <laughs> it's just like, I wore that. And I think I wore, uh, one of the, yeah, I wore the Claymath hoodie and then I wore my solid two jacket and I was good at from 40 degrees all the way down to like low twenties. Yeah. See, and that's exactly, I mean, I love to hear that because that's exactly what those pieces are designed to do. Um, there's so much overlap between, so like I can break my gear, my kit into seasons, but realistically there's so many pieces that get utilized, you know, from early season all the way to late season, um, which is great about the system. I mean, you know, once I get to mid October then, um, and temperatures start to cool down a little bit, you know, we're not really pre rut yet, but you're getting those 50 degree days, uh, for us, that's when I'll actually switch to then my catalyst kit so the great thing about the catalyst which you mentioned is it's a two-layer soft shell and what's different about that catalyst versus a lot of other soft shells is it's dead silent um it doesn't actually have so most soft shell um, pieces both tops or bottoms it's a three-layer system right and what we did is we took the membrane out of that um and what we gained by that is it's a lot more breathable um, but it's also a lot quieter. So in terms of a whitetail piece, you know, stand alone, I can wear the catalyst pants and jacket, you know, in the 50, anywhere in that 50 degree range. And then to your point, if it dips a little bit below that, um, I can layer like a furnace top or bottom underneath it um, and push the boundaries of, you know, the temperature range of that piece easily down into the forties as well. Yeah, no. And that's, uh, I, I agree because even for myself, like I, I experimented with just all different pieces this past season. And I know like, uh, I would say mid October, it probably was like in the fifties. I wore a kiln crew, uh, base layer. And then I wore the, Clem uh, ho uh, hoodie. And then after on top of that, I went with the sawtooth hybrid vest and yep. I was like, I was good. You know what I mean? Like that's yep. all I needed. Um, and so that little hybrid vest was great for me, like just as an insulation piece too, as well for certain times. Like I wore that even under the catalyst jacket when I, like if it wasn't cold enough for the furnace base layer and it was, uh, I would go with the kiln then I would even go sawtooth vest and then I would even go to catalyst jacket over that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a super versatile piece. Um, to your point, it can be kind of an outer layer piece um, or, an insulator and the cool thing is when you're wearing it i don't know if you noticed this when you were in the stand using it great thing about that as an outer wear piece is with that nylon um 
fabric and insulation on the front, it cuts the wind really well and keeps your core, you know, nice and toasty without adding a lot of bulk to yep. your arms. Yep, exactly. And actually the one day, cause you, it's funny you mentioned that because that's what I really noticed. Cause it was actually a windy day in October and I, and I wasn't near sunlight. And so the shade was kind of getting a little bit chilly and I noticed like that right away. I was like, my dad yeah. even asked me, he's like, Hey, how did that piece work out for you? He's like, how was the, you know, the break up some wind? I'm like, Oh, absolutely. I'm like, I didn't feel, I'm like, and I, I, as I went back to relook at some of the, the, uh, technology behind it, and I even sent it to him. I'm like, this is why. And he's like, Oh, nice. He's like, I'm going to look at that for next year. So, you know, yeah, for sure. Well, so we were talking, um, in Harrisburg and I know that you were saying how much you loved and used the solitude kit. Yep. Um, when do you kind of move into using that then in your season over like say a layered, uh, catalyst with layers. You know what, what, what's really cool is what I, again, it's just every piece is so versatile. I actually, it finally took me when it dropped, I would say in the low thirties is when I finally busted out like bibs and jacket. But okay. and if it was like mid, like mid to high thirties and, and depending on like what else it could possibly throw at us, like wind in a sense, I actually would throw on the bibs and rock the, like the catalyst to, like jacket. Uh, and, yep. the, and the reason why is just because of that muff pocket, like that thing, yep. you guys hit a stinking home run with that. <laughs> so, I mean, like, cause I, I, I shoot a, a trigger release, uh, or I'm sorry, yep. like a handheld release. So. Yep. And I, there was times where, you know, I, you would leave it on my bow and it would be just like a block of ice. And you know, if there's deer coming, you don't, you don't know how long it's going to take. They might be in front of you till 10 minutes until you finally get a shot. So if you're holding your bow for 10 minutes, your hand, you're not going to be able to draw back. And so I ended up with like that. It didn't necessarily happen to me, but there was a moment where I was like, debating, debating, debating. And I was like, all right, learn my lesson. Take, take that, uh, release off, put, throw it in that, the, the pouch there. And I, with my hand warmers and it's, you know, hot or warm and like body temperature. So then like, as I threw it on and uh, on the bow, and if a shot opportunity would have come, it was, it was, I had no issues with it. So that's kind of like what I would do. So if it was like low, 30s and or a little bit warmer than that like i would go with catalyst jacket and then go with the bibs but then if it dropped below 30 uh i, I was wearing the like the top and the bottom like the jacket solitude jacket and solitude bibs and you know somebody mentioned messaged me about it online and sent, sent me an email about it and they were like you know how low could you go and i said honestly man i said i'm uh, I said, I'm very fortunate because I have the whole set, you know what I mean? So I have mm -hmm. that ability to kind of piece things together and layer correctly. And I even said, I'm like, you could get down to like low teens if you really wanted to, if you layer correctly. And it, and it's, again, if, if, if it's very windy out, yeah, maybe you'll struggle and you'd be better off with that sanctuary kit. But however, like for me, I, I, man, like the layering and, and just the way that is like when I got that piece in, I'm like, this is, I know for a fact this is going to be the, one of the best pieces of gear that I'll ever own. It just, I don't know what it yeah. is. I mean, that jacket and the bibs is, is unmatched. And I'm not just saying that cause I, you, I have you on and I wore it and all that <laughs> stuff, but like, I'm just being dead honest. I wore other top level brands that like your competitor, I wore them and, you know, and I'll even kind of go off tangent in a sense here, you guys, the way you fit, is amazing like i wear a medium and everything you know i'm i'm five five seven on a nice on a on a good day so like it i had a, a medium in every single piece and it fits me amazing so ah, man you guys just knocked it out of the park with that piece well i'm glad to hear that i mean we've done we and i can you know i could say this because i work in the department but we've worked really hard over especially the last two years to go through every single piece in the line from your base layers to your outerwear and reevaluate the fits of those pieces. Cause I mean, full open kimono, like, uh, you know, early on in my tenure at first light and us as a company, um, that was one of the things that some of the customers had brought up to us. And it was something that we really took to heart and made a serious effort, um, to implement and to fix over the last couple of years. So to your point, you know, our goal, is that when a customer orders a medium base layer, they're ordering, you know, medium outerwear as well. Right. Um, and we've, we've really, you know, there was a few hangover pieces that, you know, it took, you can only use so much of that, you know, you can only bite off so much at once. And there's a few hangover pieces that, 
you know, it took until this year to get through. But really, you know, with the release of the 2020 line, um, we feel really good that all of the existing pieces and the new pieces, um, hopefully everybody will have that exact same experience where you figure out what size you are in any of our pieces and you can consistently order that throughout the line, regardless of what level of layer that is for you. Right. No. And that's, I mean, that's huge because I remember in previous gear that I wore, I mean, I'd, I had a medium in this, I had a large in that, I had a extra large in that. And I'm like, how am I, you know, this size, like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I played sports my whole life. So I have that athletic, you know, broad shoulder look. And so, you know, I, I am a, I, I weigh 175 pounds at being five, six and a half. And you know, like I said, so yeah. it's tough. I, I remember calling even some of you guys, like I talked to Duke on the phone before I ordered like the whole set and he's like, man, I, I really think you'd be good in, in a medium. And I was like, okay. So I ordered like just a few pieces and I'm like, okay, he's spot on. And then I called yeah. back just to verify again, just before I dropped some money. And I just said, Hey, like I got the jacket, like the catalyst jacket and stuff. And I'm like, am I good to order a medium in this? And he's like, 100%. I was like, all right, I trust them. Let's do it. And you know, like I said, everything is just nothing is over like too tight. Nothing's too big. It's just, it fits me like a glove and I, I couldn't be more happy about that. So that's, and, and what that, and I think hopefully I, hopefully I'm right translates into it is actually having the gear work properly. You know what I mean? So it's not too big and getting like wind up, up a certain spot or, and you know, going up, up your back in a sense. So it's, it's fitting you the way it needs to be fit and, and you're able to use it correctly. Exactly. I mean, it just goes back into that layering story. I mean, I, you had just mentioned a few minutes ago that somebody had asked you, you know, how cold you could take the solitude kit for yeah. or down to and, I love that. I mean, that is, if I had to pick one whitetail piece in our line, um, that solitude kit is my absolute favorite piece. I mean, with the, the kit link system where you can, you know, basically get your hands through the jacket into yep. the muff on the bibs, you know, I really don't have to wear gloves all year, which is yep. amazing. Yep. Um, especially as a bow hunter, um, keeping my hands free and my dexterity high, but also keeping them warm. It's pretty incredible. Um, but to that point about how low that piece can go, I totally screwed up this year. Um, I had a, I was doing a kind of a little tour day rut and, um, had a hunt the first week of November, I was gone in Western Wisconsin. And then right from there went to, uh, Missouri with um, a couple of first light folks, Taylor Chamberlain was there, a couple of the guys from Onyx. Um, we did a hunt with those guys in Missouri and I looked at the weather in Missouri before I left for my, or what was supposed to be the weather in Missouri before I left for my Wisconsin trip, um, and wasn't able to come back and pack more gear in between and showed up there. And what was supposed to be in the thirties and forties, um, our first two days were single digits. Oh man. <laughs> and typically that's where, I mean, there's nothing better than the sanctuary kit for single digits. That piece right. is in, insane. It's like you got a little heater all around you, but all I had was my solitude. Um, and that's definitely pushing the boundaries for, you know, how right. cold that piece can go, you know, especially because I wear that piece in the mid forties, but because of the fit and because of the ability to wear a consistent size and layer, um, I was able to actually use my solitude kit with the appropriate layers underneath and, you know, be comfortable for all day sits in Missouri when it was single yep. digits yep. out. So it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. And I, you know, even the, obviously you have the, the pass through, um, kick link on there. And then you also have the, the for the, put your tether through to if, if you are just wearing a normal tree stand harness you have that to pass through in the back you have you know the pockets are in all the right spots where you need to put something in so you know that that everything is just designed perfectly for the whitetail hunter yeah i'm i'm glad i feel the same way obviously i, I might be a little bit biased but you know that's that's another thing that i think people that are starting to notice us in the whitetail space and use some of our gear um, we're not just taking our Western pieces and, you know, tweaking them a little bit and calling them white tail pieces. I mean, every single pocket, every face fabric, every insulation, you know, every zipper location, all of those are considered, you know, for both the guys that and gals that are sitting in tree stands using saddles. You know, we really, we really try and put a lot of design emphasis on specificity in those pieces. So, you know, if you are spending, 10 hours a day in the stand, it's, that's tough. That's mentally taxing. It's physically taxing, but there's little features that make 
those pieces specific for that use hopefully make those sits a little bit easier and a little bit more tolerable. Oh, absolutely. And, and it truly it does. And, and that's something too, like I think about, you know, if you YouTube videos, if you just Google things and go on, you know, forums, whatever, you know, is, is, is blank the, uh, it doesn't matter what company, company, company A, is it worth the, the price and compared to what I could just go to buy at Walmart? And the short answer is yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I can't, I can't stress, uh, the importance of having good quality gear and you don't have to go out and buy every single piece right off the bat. And I, I, I maybe, I mean, you could elaborate on it in, I've had somebody ask me like, what should be the first piece that I buy? And I'm like, buy your, buy a base layer, you know, get, yep. get, get that base layer, get the proper, you know, the, the temperature range that you're mainly looking for. You know, there's in Pennsylvania, there's guys that just are gun hunters, you know, so they're only going out the end of November and December and that's it. And, yep. and, you know, uh, so that's the, so I'm just like, you know, go with that furnace and it's, it's a great piece. Trust me. Like you are going to be, even if you are gun hunting and if you're mobile, you're probably go with the kiln because it's going to be a little bit, uh, better for sweat resistant on you. Um, so like, that's just certain things that I, I look at and, uh, you know, if there's other pieces that we could, we could even get into that here in a little bit about, you know, just starting out building that first light set, you know, what could we go with? Um, you know, just cause there's a million different directions you could go early, mid, late, all that type of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, to even build off of that, you know, there's obviously you guys have an amazing, great, solid color system coming uh you know you already have two solid col colors and then you have the new ash gray coming out I and mean, then you also have fusion and cypher kind could you kind of talk about you know what you would think one would work better over the other yeah absolutely i mean <laughs> this is probably not the answer that you're looking for I'll, <laughs> I'll go into details but i both of those patterns are incredible in a tree stand and i've used them both i mix them at different times um both of those patterns are truly science-based what i mean by that is we you know use different algorithms to look at you know size of you know features whether that be trees or rocks or you know different breakup um features that you find in all different environments um, as well as colors to really design these patterns to break up the human form and what we now know and our industry you know didn't you know maybe 10 years ago is that that is the biggest indicator of effective camouflage is breaking up the human outline so right. with both those patterns kind of based off of that science they both work great now there is some specificity to them in their micro and macro ratios as well as their color palette so what I always tell people is, you know what, if you like one better than the other, go with that. Right. Um, in terms of, you know, those specific details that allow each pattern to kind of excel in certain environments, you know, fusion is amazing for anything that's early season. Um, when there's still foliage on the trees, you know, when you're still getting shadow off of that foliage, um, just a little bit more green, typically a little bit darker. Um, that's really where fusion shines. Um, just because of its ratio of micro to macro breakup and the color pantones or palette that's there. Okay. Um, in addition to that, you know, cipher being slightly more macro um, of a pattern, as well as the, you know, little less greens, um, you get more of the browns um, and lighter colors works amazing for any time there's no leaves on the tree. Okay. Um, the job that that does with you know, breaking up your silhouette against, you know, the sky in the background behind and in between branches is pretty incredible. Um, but that being said, I, I've got buddies that, you know, wear fusion the entire season, you know, even when there's snow coming down and snow on the tree and it, it looks, in, it works incredible. So you really can't go wrong. Um, there are some specific details that allow each pattern to kind of excel in different environments, yeah. but, um, they're both incredible. Yeah, no, and I own a couple pieces of both. Um, well, I would say I own a couple pieces of Fusion, and mainly everything else is in Cipher. And I know, okay. I know, um, Mike, who you know is part of Antler Up, he has a ton, like everything that of mainly his outer base layers. Um, I know he has a solid two kit. He has it in Fusion, uh, and where he 
uh, hunts out in New York, it, it fits his surroundings. And I'll yep. tell you what, I, I both are just awesome looking. Uh, my dad right now is getting a new bow and he's obviously getting a, he's getting a prime and he's just so up, he's up, he's like a flip of a coin, like, oh man, I, one day I want to, <laughs> I, I want to get a fusion, like fusion riser, or then the next day he's like, I want to get a cypher riser and do this with the limbs and stuff. So he's, he's, he's pumped about it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to see. And like I said, I, I have a couple solid pieces. I have a couple fusion, I have a couple cypher and it, they all, like you said, they all have a purpose, but it's a matter of like what you like. And I think that's really cool just because it, you can make one work in no matter what element you're in. Yeah, you know, and I, where I am here, you know, I'm hunting a lot of timber blocks surrounded by ag, um, and I love, you know, there's CRP stuff like that. I love the cipher. Um, I the majority of my stuff is in in cipher for that reason. Um, like I said, I do mix and match. I have fusion pieces that I love too. But you know, then Taylor Chamberlain, who I spent a fair amount of time working with and hunting with, I mean, that guy sits in a tree 200 days a year from you know, July through April or whatever, March. And obviously where he is, um, that's a huge swing in what the environment looks like. And he, he'll, he'll swear, he swears by fusion. Um, he wears that year round. So like I said, you really, you really can't go wrong. The scientific basis of both patterns is, um, what makes both of them work. Um, so it's kind of nice to just be able to pick what you like and choose what you want for, for your own personal reasons. Well, that's awesome. And I think this could lead into like our next little discussion uh, about, you know, I will be going out West for my first Western style hunt this year, uh, this upcoming fall, I'll be going, we're kind of finalizing the details of, of what state we're, we're going to plan to go to. But right now it's mainly looking like Idaho uh, to try to get a, a mule deer tag and an elk tag. And I, you know, what could you, so like I said, we've, we've talked and I mainly have a ton of the whitetail series of everything is there like what pieces would you recommend that i grab for the upcoming western hunt so if you're going to be doing mule deer in idaho um i would suggest probably in terms of your outerwear um i'm going to be pointing in the direction of the catalyst system okay um, the catalyst pants for that time of year just because that it, it can be cold i mean Mule deer season for, for us in Idaho, you know, early season, beginning of October, you're going to get days that, you know, start in the thirties or forties, um, at the beginning of the season, then get up to the, you know, potentially fifties, you know, maybe even sixties during the afternoon. Right. But as that season goes on that, you know, that really is when the switch kind of flips for us. So end of the season, you know, you're going to have mornings, you know, probably in the twenties. And when you get up top there, and it's windy and you're glassing, you know, that's pretty cold. So the nice thing about the catalyst system, especially the pants for that range of temps is at the higher end of that range, you can wear those standalone. Um, and at the lower end of that range, especially, you know, if you're putting out some type of output, you can layer those down, you know, easily into the twenties for an active hunt. Um, once I get, you know, down into the twenties, I'm probably running like a kiln, um, base layer underneath for a more active style hunt um, with those pants. Um, and then up top, you know, for me, again, that 150 weight wick, um, whether you like the hoodie or the crew, that's kind of my foundation up top. I'll always wear that next to skin because um, that merino nylon blend does two things. It's going to pull moisture away from your body really well, um, and it's also going to resist odor. So for me, that's my foundation. And then as those temps cool down, you know, I'll start running uh, like a, a furnace or a Klamath on top of that. Um, and then potentially layering up to the catalyst jacket as well. And then what I'll have um, for the mule deer season is I'll be running a puffy jacket in my pack for when I do get up top and need to sit down in glass um, and most likely puffy pants as well. Um, so that's, that's really my, would be my foundation or kind of my system um, for like say an Idaho mule deer hunt. Now is that puffy jacket? Is that the one that kind of folds up really, really into almost like a, like a little pillow? Yeah, so we have a couple options in terms of puffies. And again, for you, I would choose this based off when you guys are going to go out there. Um, if it's going to be early season, I would go with more of our lighter weight. Uh, later season, I'd go into the heavier weight. So um, we can break it up. Basically, uh, we have two categories of insulation, one being synthetic and okay. then another one being down. Okay. So the 
I guess I'll just do a quick cost-benefit analysis on those. So synthetics are great if you ever, if you think you're going to be encountering any moisture, um, a synthetic is always the better option for insulation because synthetics will uh, still insulate if they do get wet. So if that's the case, um, I would kind of point any of our customers in the direction of our, what's called our uncompagre jacket. Um, However, if you, you know, if you think you're going to be in a pretty dry environment like Idaho is, you know, then you can't beat down because down the warmth to weight ratio is so much better than synthetic, meaning that for a piece that has a physical weight um, that's less, you're actually going to get more insulation value than a synthetic piece. So in the early season um, for Idaho and this hump that we're talking about, the Brooks jacket is an amazing down piece. It's super lightweight, super packable. Um, but you get a ton of warmth to weight out of that piece. I mean, that one will pack down to the size of you know, probably a little less than the Nalgene. Right. Um, and then as you get into the later season, you know, when those temps really drop, that's when I would jump into packing my um, Chamberlain, which is our kind of the other end of the spectrum. So if the Brooks jacket is a ultra lightweight, um, ultra packable, the Brooks down jacket is like your expedition kind of style down jacket. So yeah. There's about 20% more down in that piece than anything on the market, and that thing is insanely warm. And you guys are coming out, too, with a new Men's Brooks uh, down vest as well for for next year, right? Correct, yep. So we're expanding that Brooks line into a vest as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm excited uh, to, to kind of like, you know, like I said, I'm pretty set as far as hunting, you know, Ohio, Maryland, and PA here in, on like for whitetail, and I'm just now – the gear junkie in me is just like exploding at the seams just to be like, Oh, <laughs> what could I get into now for Western stuff? You know? Cause like we said earlier, I, I have a lot of stuff that's going to cross over. It's just now mainly looking yep. at like that one or two piece outer layer that, you know, I was even looking at some of the, the, like the rain, the rain stuff that I'm like, Oh, do I need some, some storm, storm tight pan and, or, or uh jacket even, and just kind of looking at that as well. Yeah. You know what? And the great, the, the, a great feature of the rain gear. So Idaho is typically pretty dry. Right. Um, you don't need, I should, it's not that you don't need rain gear. Um, it's just, it's not necessarily ever a huge concern, but the great thing, you know, like for, for instance, in our lighter weight rain gear, like the vapor rain jacket or the boundary pants, that's our lightest weight um, in the category is you have such a little, you have such little weight penalty um, yeah. because those things are as light and impactful as they are. But they also serve a great purpose. Um, you know, you can throw those on even if it's not raining, say, over your insulation. And now you have a windproof barrier that's also holding in some heat. So you really get, you know, almost a two for one on those pieces. Yeah, it's your rain gear, but it's also a great shell that can block wind and hold in heat um, you know, as you put that on over your insulation as well. Yeah, that's a great point. And now, you know, we, you talked about the synthetic and stuff like that. Where does that 37.5 technology come into play then? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I appreciate you bringing that up. So on a lot of our pieces, you know, from Arrowwool to our obsidians to the Uncompagre, even into the down, um, we have, we call out 37.5 technology. So what that 37.5 technology is, um, is 37.5 is actually the relative humidity next to skin that's most comfortable for humans. Okay. So a lot of times, you know, when you have the, you know, when, when it's perceived like, oh, I'm getting too hot, your, the temperature next to skin, so we call that internal environment, environment probably hasn't changed that much. But what really indicates overheating or even getting cold is that humidity changes. Okay. So what 37.5 strives to do and does a great job of is it's a natural fiber, um, and that natural fiber is integrated into a bunch of our different textiles, but that technology actually actively pulls moisture away from your body. So what it's doing is it's actively maintaining that relative humidity and that internal environment next to skin. So you actually feel more comfortable over a wide range of temperatures. Okay. Um, so if you're just sitting down, you're stationary, glassing, it's going to pull that, you know, because at that point you're not sweating, but you're still emitting moisture through vapor. It'll move that moisture out away from skin, even at the vapor level. And then as you go into like a higher output and start sweating, again, before you get too hot and are sweating too much, it's pulling that 
moisture away from you, keeping your next to skin internal environment as close to 37.5 relative humidity. And therefore you're going to feel a lot more comfortable. That's awesome. that's a great explanation just because I know, you know, it, well, the thing about this stuff is like, you could get really nerdy, you know, and that's, oh, yeah. you know, and that's really, really cool. And, uh, it's what I like, like, again, you, you see the difference, you know what I mean? And that's something where you get what you pay for. And I, I, I can't again, speak enough about how awesome the, the stuff is. So now thank you for explaining all that. And I, I know I'll be reaching out to you guys when, once, uh, we're actually my buddy, Tim, who was on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, who we're going to be going out West with, uh, he's like, I created the, uh, the list for gear, gear list for you guys, you know, so there he's coming out next weekend. We're going to cook on the Traeger. He's bringing some, his, his elk meat that he was able to harvest this past year from Idaho. And, uh, so we're like, we're, we're going to kind of put all our minds together and map everything out and get everything done. So, you know, I'll be calling you get calling you up here soon in, in a couple of weeks and be like, all right, here we go. What, what, what things do I need? Here's what I got. So we'll be having fun with that kind of piecing that piece together. That's awesome. You know, that's, I, I look forward to that every year. I mean, obviously the goal is the hunt and the experience that comes along with it, but I love just nerding out on maps <laughs> and gear lists and coming up with a plan for the season. I mean, that's, that's as much fun as almost as much fun as actually the the hunt itself. But yep. the anticipation and the work that goes into it ahead of time is it's something I really enjoy. You guys love blast with that. Yeah, we're we're pumped. Now we talked about again like how if someone is buying a piece, now let's just say an individual does have what other whatever base layer or other pieces of uh, of, of gear, and they're like, hey, I want to buy from first light what would you point in the direction and let's like since i'm mainly whitetail hunter let's stick to the whitetail and you know obviously you're the whitetail manager side so let's stick with that like what would be that that piece where they're like hey i have i don't know f like 500 dollars to spend what what would you recommend oh that is such a tough question <laughs> <laughs> i know man i and and think about it like let's just say they're 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 just want to improve their overall yeah hunting gear what what they wear out in the field yep yep um i think you know and and this is true across the board but i would my default to answer that question is always some of our merino wool pieces um and the reason i say that is those pieces the the biggest indicator of how comfortable you're going to be regardless of what type of hunting you're doing um, as I was just kind of talking about with 37.5 is maintaining that internal, that next to skin environment and Merino wool is exceptional at that. Right. So if, if somebody's on a budget, they want to get into first light, you know, they want to at least start building their system. Um, anytime you're building anything, the most important part is the foundation. So I would say, you know, start building your foundation and that foundation is going to depend on, you know, where you hunt and when you're, when you hunt. If you're, you know, in the Midwest and you hunt the two weeks of rifle season every year, you know, that foundation is probably going to be a couple of the furnace layers because temperatures are going to be colder. Um, you're not, you know, it's not a ton of high output activity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, building that, that furnace, that 350 weight merino wool foundation is going to be definitely where I would recommend you start. Um, you know, if you're more of an archery guy, you know, maybe a little bit further south, you know, then I'm going to steer you towards some of our lighter weight base layers. But I can't stress enough that, you know, you can put whatever you want on the outside of your system. But if you don't have good quality materials um, and garments next to skin, it's going to be hard to stay comfortable. And as you know, the more comfortable you are, the harder you can hunt, the longer you can hunt. And typically that translates into success. So, yeah. Um, yeah, long and short, I would say work on your foundation first. So based off of the time of year you hunt, what you hunt, when you hunt, um, pick the correct foundation for you within our Merino wolf system. And then as you can add pieces um, or can want to continue to add pieces, you kind of just layer on top of that, you know, strong foundation you've already built to complete your system. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, well said. And, and I, I can agree. Uh, and then kind of that last thing um that before we we get off is you know obviously we talked about 2020 some new products coming out what's something that you're really looking forward to uh get out to the masses here pretty soon Ooh, again such a tough question <laughs> um there's i mean 
gosh, there's so many things I'm excited about. I think really for me, the one one piece that has kind of been missing in my whitetail kit and the offerings in whitetail from First Light was um, we're releasing. So we've talked about the Catalyst system, jacket and pants quite a bit on this podcast so far, but um, we're releasing a vest version of that in 2020. Nice. Um, and what I love about that type of vest is, as we mentioned, that fabric is incredibly durable. That package is dead silent. Um, it does a really, really good job of wind and water resistance. Yeah. So the reason I love a vest in that package is um, I can wear that into the stand as an outerwear piece, um, and I don't get too hot. Um, it does a great job of blocking the wind. Um, I can wear it for, you know, the first couple of hours, you know, while I'm still warm from walking in, and then it's really easy to lay over, layer over. So earlier season, that piece might be my outerwear piece. I add some warmth, some wind and water resistance to my core, don't add any bulk to my arms. Um, and then as the season goes on, you know, and you layer over the top of that, that's just another layer of wind protection, another layer of insulation at a very low bulk penalty. So I'm not adding a lot of bulk to my system, but I'm getting a lot of benefits from that piece. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I actually, the one piece that I'm really looking forward to, well, there's kind of the two is that Ranger stretch snap shirt, as well as that Ridgeline QZ pullover. Those two yep. pieces I'm, I'm pumped about, but for to go and that's just kind of like my summer fishing that type of stuff getting outdoors hiking uh you know that there's such versatile uh a piece of piece of clothing but the hunting side of things i'm pumped about the furnace uh zip away base layer bottoms that uh, that i'm just totally stoked about man you know that's again it's so hard for me to choose because all these pieces <laughs> yeah. we've been working on them for a couple of years and testing them and designing them and whatnot but you know i i am a complete convert to those zip off base layers and the interesting thing about those is they almost serve opposite but equally important pieces whether you're a western guy or a midwest or eastern guy you know from a western perspective like say that mule deer hunt that you're going to be going on um in idaho Mm -hmm. you know when you leave the you know hit the trail or hit the hill in the morning it's going to be significantly colder than it is during the day so being able to, you know, once it warms up mid-afternoon, you're sitting in the sun glassing, just to be able to, you know, drop your pants down to your boots and not to take your boots off and remove that, that base layer is incredible. Right. And right. from a Midwest and Eastern side of thing, I honestly do the opposite. So I hunt a lot of public land, try and walk in, you know, a fair distance on most of my spots. And I don't like to get too hot or obviously sweat it up before I then go sit. So I'll keep those those zip off base layers, you know, depending on the time of year, you know, the appropriate weight, we're going to offer them in three weights in my pack. And then when I get to the bottom of my tree, I can, without having to take my boots off, without having to really remove any clothes, I can just drop my, whatever my outer layer is down to those boots, dip those base layers on and climb up my tree without overheating on the way in. Yeah, that's amazing. And that was even something it's not base layer related, but even for me this past season, when I, uh, the, the day that I actually shot the, my buck, that was November 8th. And I, I, I tracked my distance from where I parked my truck up on the mountain. And when I walked down on the, it's called like the North road, it was just, oh man, it was just shy of like, just shy of two miles. And so I was like, and like, I got actually there a little bit later than I wanted to. So I was like, like, like trucking it down. Like as soon as I have like, at one point I'm like, what time is it? Cause I noticed that it was getting a little bit lighter and I'm like, Oh man, I got to book it. So I like started like running a little bit and down this, this road, like as quietly as I possibly can. But luckily I on the, on the uh, solitude bibs, they have that full zip. And I just yep. was like, I just unzipped that all the way up to like my waist. So like right before I started walking into where I needed to go, I unzipped that. I, I'm, the solitude jacket was on my pack. So I didn't even like wear that down. And and if, I don't know if you've listened, but like literally as soon as I like was walking in, I got up on my stand, I heard like rut, like chasing and I was like, oh man, did I bust something out of here? Like I didn't even get set up. And next thing you know, like I heard a couple of deer moving, I stopped and I hurry up quick, pulled up my bow and the solitude jacket. I threw on the jacket, hung up my bow. And then next thing you know, I heard crack and it was starting to get light and the deer was like 15, 20 yards away and then came in a little bit more and just, you know, hard shot and then 
went 40 yards and piled up. So it was just like so quick, so fast. But I was like, man, if, if I would have been soaking wet, if I didn't unzip those, the solitude bibs. Yeah. You know, and I, that's awesome to hear. That's a, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited for you, man, but that is, that is such a good point. And I think something, you know, that a lot of white tailors overlook, you know, people, on the Western side, like really understand moisture management in terms of staying comfortable. Um, and it's as important, almost more critical in my eyes, you know, on the whitetail side of things, because you are stationary right? and you don't have the ability to move around and warm up. So if you don't manage your moisture on your way into your stand or climbing up into your stand, um, you're setting yourself up for a long sit or for getting out of the, the tree early. Um, you know, if you get too sweated up because there's just no way to get warm. So right. and, and that is definitely something we focus on, you know, when we design these whitetail pieces as much as Western pieces is how can you manage your moisture and your temperature, yeah. you know, throughout the, the entire hunt, whether that be walking in or sitting. Yeah. And I had zero issues with that this past year. I mean, I was just comfortable the whole way through. All right. Well, you know, that kind of wraps everything up, Greg. I mean, we, we hit everything and, uh, man, there's even so much more I would love to talk to you about. And, you know, I, the last thing that I do want, want you to just touch upon and another reason why I think first light is just top notch is, you know, the core values, that commitment to conservation. Um, you know, I, I think if you just want to just quick touch upon like the value of, you know, what you guys are doing, you know, why you're doing it, you know, you have Steve Rinelli, you have the guys from Hush, you have Taylor Chamberlain, you have a really great following, um, as, as far as who's on staff and, you know, do you just want to just say, Hey, like, like just touch upon like how you guys are committed to that, to conservation? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Absolutely. Um, you know. I think, man, it's, it's such a, we could probably do a whole podcast on this, but (laughs) to just try and summarize it, you know, I think as a company, you know, from the top down, we are very aware that, you know, our industry and the outdoor industry in general, you know, not even to, to segregate, we're all in this together. And frankly, those industries don't exist, you know, if we don't have, public lands to hunt on, to recreate on, to use, and to do the things that we love to do. Um, And because of that, like the reason our company exists is because those places exist. And we really believe that, you know, those places aren't ours. Um, It's just kind of our turn and we need to do whatever we can do, you know, business aside to make sure that those places exist for future generations so that they can have the same experiences that we do in the out of doors and the same ability to learn and to grow, um, to put food on the table, to breathe fresh air, to see a sunrise from a mountaintop, you know, you name it, um, that we do. So because of the love that we have for those places and what it provides for us on a number of levels, from day one, you know, we've just really made a commitment to really do what we can to do our part, but then also to partner with other organizations to, you know, strictly focus on that. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we're a hunting apparel business and we try and give as much time as we can towards these efforts on a company level every year. Um, but there's also companies and organizations out there that that's their sole focus. So if we can enable them and help them to continue to do that, it benefits all of us, whether you're, you know, a backpacker, whether you're a mountain biker, whether you're a backcountry hunter, you know, what have you, um, a fly fisherman, um, partnering with and working with those organizations as well as, you know, doing our part within ours to make sure that those places continue to exist because, Unfortunately, those lands don't have a voice of their own. So it's kind of our job to be that voice. That's awesome. No, man, thank you for, you know, for what you do. And thank you for, you know, First Life for, you know, giving us that opportunity to, you know, like, I love when you guys have the the sale and proceeds go to, you know, to whatever conservation group that we want and all that type of stuff. That's just such neat stuff going on. And, you know, I love it. So it's so easy to back a company like that. Well, thanks, man. I, you know, it's, I really appreciate, appreciate hearing that. And, um, I appreciate you having me on and yep. giving me a chance to, you know, kind of be the voice of the company and talk about some of the, some of the awesome stuff we got going on. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. Where could people reach out or, or check out and, and go from there? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think you know, probably the best way to find out about our gear um, and the specific pieces, obviously just firstlight.com. Um, you know, we do a lot of stuff on social too, Instagram, Facebook, in terms of, you know, kind of announcing and releasing new gear, technology videos, et cetera. So that's another way to follow us, but you can kind of get to all those outlets uh, just directly through the website, just www.firstlight.com. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again so much for, for taking the time to speak with me and, and talking whitetail and, and all the gear stuff. So appreciate it. We'll, we'll do another one here soon, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks again for having me. Awesome, man. That wraps up our episode with Greg Farrell from First Light. want to thank him again for so much for coming on, explaining the importance of layering uh, regarding for, for again, out in the whitetail woods. So thank you again so much. We're looking forward to having him on again. And I hope everybody out there that's listening, you got something out of it. You enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you know, shoot me a message over on Instagram. And again, hey, we appreciate the support. For more information, for more content, check out our YouTube. We're going to have a bow build coming up soon. We're going to have some more product videos and uh, we're going to start updating our YouTube content pretty soon. So thank you again for listening. Check out antlerupoutdoors.com. Get yourself a hat. Antler up.